0: Of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. I'm Josh. This is episode number eighty-eight, and uh, it's been a little bit taking a couple weeks off, much-needed rest from um, our binger, I would say.
1: Yeah, my ho- my horror binge. I watched no, like thirty. Not the f- horror binge. Well, I watched like thirty-four. Our drugs b- and alcohol binge. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that too. But I also watched like thirty-five movies last month.
0: True. Uh Yeah, it's episode 88. We're uh, reviewing Finch and Red Notice, both streaming. And it's going to be a huge show because we've got about two and a half weeks of movies to talk about. <laughs> so, anything uh, new you guys need to get off your chest? Mm. Just stop getting shots. Booster's not worth We're it. Just <laughs> Jacob's just going to go full anti-vaxxer yeah. to make his life easier. They user. were right. <laughs>
2: Microchip. True. <laughs> Stay Conf- away. Confirmed on the Cinema. 5G. Didn't signal. Didn't even get that much better.
0: Mm. <laughs> Shit hasn't given me any magnetic powers. Yeah. It's not worth it. Well, cool. Um, I should say that uh, we are going to be recording the premium very soon. Nicholas Wining Refn premium. So we'll look out for that and that's about it once we have it recorded uh, Josh can announce his pick because I don't think he has it ready yet nope cool no. alright well what I think we're this is Josh's beer right? my beer okay so we got a beer? we have a beer Josh's pick? we have a beer my
2: pick Joshua's pick
1: Um, I
0: picked Josh's Joshua's a, Saldana's
2: pick yeah. no
1: Joshua jo- Blake Saldana's pick my yeah. pick <laughs> don't get it twisted not anyone else's mine his this is my pick <laughs> I picked with my pick a beer.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, good for you. Um, Who was that? I don't know. It's but Christian Bale. Yeah. I don't know know. Oh, <laughs> I meant a rant. Like it was just a random person yelling at a mic. He didn't get it. No, well, anyway, what, talk about <laughs> your pick. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> gingerbread Stout from Big Lake Brewing. It was cold in the fridge, and I didn't have a lot of time. So here it is. Um, hey,
0: no need to explain your beer to them or to <laughs> me. Yeah, you don't explain your pick. It's your one of pick. my favorite stouts. Actually, is from Big Lake Boom. Fudgy Kruger. Oh yeah, that Remember was we a good had one. that. Yeah, that I look for that every time I go. I haven't seen it yet to pick it again. up to pick up beer, and I have not seen it again.
2: Maybe I was always confuse off. Big Lake with Great Lakes Brewery. Mm.
1: Great Lakes is in Cleveland.
2: I know. There's also a Great Lakes in Ontario, different brewery. It's also and there's Big Lake in yeah. Holland.
1: Yep, Big Lake Brewing in Holland. Uh, description, it's very slight, but it's a gingerbread stout with a velvety mouthfeel and notes of milk, chocolate, vanilla, cinnamon, and ginger. And we're sitting at a smooth 9% ABV. IBUs are not listed. And yeah, Straight obviously we've point. had Love them it. before, so we know that they're a good brewery. And let's get into it, I guess.
2: I don't have anything else to say. Or, as it says on the can, dive in to it. See?
0: Because oh. it's a lake. Do you get it? <laughs> no. No, I don't get it.
2: Oh, I Pretty smell good. gingerbread. <laughs> it's like spicy. Pretty good. Yum. Very spicy. It's almost a pumpkin ale. Well
0: Now this is a pumpkin ale. Yeah. Now this.
2: It's
1: a lot thinner. Than I'm going to wait it. until
2: Kyle finishes
1: his thought. It's not as as robust as I thought it. It's is. Okay. very thin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's. I feel like gingerbread. It doesn't have that gingerbread flavor I definitely taste the ginger I
2: honestly don't know if I've ever had gingerbread before you've never had gingerbread you've had those cookies the like like, um, the thing that
0: is missing is like a hint of molasses I don't think there's any like any flavor of molasses in here
1: it doesn't even say it on it does it
0: no it says Mm -hmm. it says ginger actually it says uh, milk chocolate vanilla cinnamon and ginger but you need that Mm -hmm. molasses to get gingerbread you know
1: those cookies they're like the windmill cookies or something their
2: gingerbread cookies. I'm sure I probably have, but I can't place the
0: taste right now. Well, this year, get some good gingerbread and yeah, yeah. Um, try it out. Yeah, so I looked up, <coughs> I just looked up gingerbread stout and the top result. It's funny because it was exactly 9 ABV also, but it was uh, some other brewery and almost had the same picture. It was like a white background with a gingerbread man on it. I think it said something hard. I'll look it up after this, but that was like coming in at over a 4.0 and then I looked up this one this is a 357. Mm-hmm. Only 300 ratings, pretty small uh, sample size, but yeah, I I guess just for <coughs> expectations of uh that gingerbread taste and everything, it's not really meeting those, but it's not terrible by any means. Nope. I just don't think it's I don't think it's true to the I guess marketing and Calling it a gingerbread stout that to me doesn't really taste like gingerbread. No, Mm-mm. not it's bad. Definitely, it definitely has this ginger taste, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but again, gingerbread is way different than ginger.
1: And here's how we connect it one of the most pa- famous um, gingerbread cookie thins is a bakery known as Dewey's, and Dewey is the name of the robot on uh, Finch. <laughs> There's your connection. It all connects. <laughs> Jacob's connections.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Jacob's fucking (laughs) straw man connections. I don't see a problem.
1: (laughs) I think it it was very uh, informative and to the point.
0: Well, it also, uh, I mean, we're coming up on Thanksgiving week here. Ready to get into the holiday season, if you're uh, into that sort of thing, (laughs) if you care about (laughs) that. See, uh, it so yeah makes sense for that. working,
2: also. having fun, like always. I have Christmas off, but I owe it's a Saturday <laughs> that I would normally have off. <laughs> no extra time. I off. think
1: I I get Christmas Eve off.
2: I don't even get extra pay for.
0: Oh, I'll definitely have Christmas Eve. Well, I'll be I'll be gone anyway. <laughs> I
2: don't you even want get to get, again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even get like holiday pay or anything. So, sheesh. Well, that sucks to be you. It does. I don't get holiday <laughs> pay. Well, I get. No, I get like I get paid eight paid hours, but since we're not open, we're only open so many hours less. It's like works out to being like a two hours of extra pay. It's Nothing.
0: <laughs> Anything else to say with with on inflation? Um, <laughs> Gingerbread towel? Oh no, <laughs> no. Okay. Anything else to say on Jacob's slave labor? <laughs> Any, any more comment on Jacob's <laughs> mental state? It's hanging on by a thread. You'll see where his mind is, where his mental state is at in his review of uh, Red Notice. I hope we have a lot more <laughs> beers left. <laughs> uh, okay, so this happened um, during our break, and we are going to move the uh, cummer dum section up to now. And um, <clears throat> we uh, don't ever cover really any beer news or anything, but this was. Oh, this I have a This is a big deal. I wonder, is well maybe it's the probably the same thing? <laughs> is it the. <that>, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is a big deal because this is one of the, or the biggest, second biggest brewery in okay, yeah. Michigan. Same news. <laughs> uh, Bell's is officially merging with New Belgium Brewery. So, I'm just going to read this from New Belgium's website and then we can discuss it a little bit. Uh, so it says, uh, we knew the iconic new Belgium cruiser bike was missing something. Turns out it was a bell today. We're so excited to welcome Bell's brewery to the new Belgium family. This milestone represents the coming together of two craft leaders that share a commitment to world-class beer and a people first approach to business. Bell's decision to join new Belgium was based on trust in our steadfast commitment to the, to the stewardship of Bell's iconic beer brands, our commitment to Bell's ongoing operations at their Kalamazoo and upper hand breweries. As well as Bell's excitement around the opportunity further the opportunity further accelerate their own social and environmental impacts. Bell's arrival expands our combined com- company's extraordinary lineup of brands to include Voodoo Ranger, Fat Tire, Two-Hearted Ale, voted Best Beer in America four times running, and Oberon Ale, amongst other favorites. Uh, and then I'll read this real quick. This is from Larry Bell, uh, owner of Bell's Brewery. This decision ultimately came down to two determining factors. First, the folks at New Belgium share our ironclad commitment to the craft of brewing and the community-first way we've built our business. Second, this was Money. the right time I've been doing <laughs> I've been doing this for more than 36 years and recently battled some serious health issues. I want everyone who loves this company like I do uh, to know we have found a partner that truly values our incredible beer, our culture, and the importance of our roots here in Michigan. Money. So... Yeah, I mean, Larry Bell is retiring and it's, you know, sounds like he just wants to. Like, right, but New Belgium is the one that's doing the acquisition. So they are essentially paying for this, all of the Bell's operations. And it's huge. Huge. So I'm is assuming it- they'll keep Bell's name. Yeah. And just move operations to be under their. Family. umbrella
2: yeah but i heard it also is like they're owned by a japanese beer company so technically uh, Bell- didn't you say that yeah i did say that yep. bells is a uh, japanese beer now true technically <laughs> but honestly i don't I, I thought it was gonna be bad when founders got bought right by a spanish company hasn't really affected them much honestly. it won't affect anyone the because they don't go
0: in with the idea of to like change. They, they want to keep it the same, right? Yeah, Isn't that seems the point like of buying it? they want Some
2: places they buy it and then they put their hands all over it because they know better, right? But right, yeah. then it seems like that wasn't the case with founders. They're still putting out fantastic beer and new stuff all the time, which I thought would also die down. So mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Match made in heaven, <laughs> I, maybe And plus, I think, is it kidding? Or Asahi or Sapro. I think it's Katie, uh, the company who bought it. Oh, they're pretty good beer. All all Japanese, Japanese domestic are beers. beer are actually good beer. Yeah, in general, like yeah, S-Sapporo, Asahi. Sabro is a good beer. It's a and it's their domestic and beer. and their cans are awesome. Yeah, and like going now, if it was like Bud and hires and Bush buying it, <laughs> then I would have some. Fears about it, but I'm Pretty not sure. True. One of them,
1: bought, owns Dogfish Head, yeah, and, and American, one of the Japanese, yeah, no, like Bush or
2: yeah, for like years now. Hmm. See, and I mean, still, if I saw that, it would worry me a little bit because they make shitty beer. There's a
1: couple of uh, Golden Road Brewing, I think, also owned by Bush. Goose Islands, owned by Bush, I think. Yeah, so. Sounds like
0: Jacob is saying, "Come."
1: Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> with it. I'm gonna come. I'm perfectly fine with that. You should get the uh, un-uncut gems one.
0: Yeah, that actually, that's pretty. Yeah, it should. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, again, I don't really think it'll change anything, but it will be cool if they do like if New Belgium and Bell's is able Collab. to do more, more collaborative stuff. Yeah, new Belgium has good some
2: solid too. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I can't think of any favorites. I mean, but Fat Tire is their go to, right? Yeah, yeah, it's what they're. But Kyle loves it. It's Amber.
0: <laughs> yeah, Amber, Session Amber. If or you're going like to drink that. an Amber, though, that is a good It is Amber. one
2: of the better Ambers. But yeah, I don't s- see it as a bad thing. At first, I thought it was just they were getting bought out. But again, Founders has been fine since that. Voodoo happened. Ranger's good. I love Voodoo Ranger. Oh, yeah. I love Voodoo. All of the different. Voodoo All the Voodoo are so- uh, Their
0: triple is pretty solid.
2: Oh, yeah. The Belgian triple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. No,
1: they're. I thought they were employee owned. They used to be employee I've owned. I've never checked
0: in Fat Tire, but I've definitely had it.
2: Yeah. <coughs> yeah I probably haven't checked well, in either. Not but. that
0: Bell's really needs the help. Like, it would be cooler if it was like a smaller brewery and they were able to expand their reach because New Belgium's from colorado right fort collins yeah well, so
2: actually this would be pretty good for bells because i mean they were distribu they could get other smaller wise, they weren't beers even out close there. to founders yeah so yeah. this will probably bring them up to that they could turn into the biggest brewery again in michigan but
0: yeah okay yeah getting out to the west coast i wonder but, what but, this but too hard it has to be everywhere because it's America's favorite it beer. Yeah. like.
2: I'm wondering <coughs> what effect this will have on like Oberon, or which uh, again Oberon, one of the most overrated <laughs> beers.
1: But I don't know if I don't think anything will change from what it said. What from what he just read, it just feels like it's just a merge, and they're just going to well, be their own entities Bell's under the umbrella. was
2: doing well. It's not like it was struggling at all. So. No, but he's tired of <laughs> he's doing retiring.
1: it. He's retiring. Maybe his family doesn't want conti- to like be in it anymore. So it's like maybe doesn't have anybody. Well,
2: that can I heard take it over. Trevor. Is was the king of Oberon when he he loves bells. Bells is his favorite. He was super disappointed when he heard they were bought out until he found out it was the Japanese. And he's like, okay, that's whatever, that's fine. But then he said that originally Bell oh, did ran uh, Larry Randy, Larry Bell did step down. Randy while. Bell is his brother. He, he oh, okay, he did step down <laughs> or one of they stepped down, and Larry did step down at one time, and then I think daughter or someone's daughter did yeah and it wasn't going well so then he ended up taking back over again (laughs) so yeah he's probably happy he already tried to step down a while ago (laughs) yeah
0: how does that happen like i don't know your own daughter takes over and then why does that come all right yeah sorry you're ruined you're fucking up the company i'll take it back (laughs) Give it back to me i'm dying of cancer here but i'm gonna take it back it (laughs) does
2: it does feel like kind of a loss, just in fact like that was the last like true they were such a big company that was family-owned literally within yeah. the bell family yeah since the 70s yeah since the 70s like 50 years almost it's been family-owned well 36 years
0: he is said he, it? he said he had been doing it for 36 years so i don't I know, is that they were when from it the started 70s? well originally founders was
1: 80s no founders was 90 so maybe they were 87 they were 80s okay because bells was originally called kalamazoo beer company then Larry Bell took over
2: and called it Bells. Bell changed to Bells. They always had the same logo, but it was just Kalamazoo. Berg. And then changed uh, Narcissist for Oberon. Yep. Because <laughs> Oberon used to be Soul. Yep. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Other than that little bit Imagine of. Imagine
0: being like, being able to have that check in.
2: Yeah. You'll, you'll no, never what have we it have. <laughs> I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere. Our mom has it. In our basement somewhere <laughs> like a like a i can open yeah of soul <laughs> episode 100 yeah. yeah yeah. we all die for they that. would be from absolutely disgusting <laughs> last episode there is at our house a, like a six pack of yep. soul bottles nice because i so maybe remember we find it, take a picture yeah our older brother yeah, used on to the always, our older brother lived in san francisco would always come back and get soul nice later over on <laughs> when he came over but so it's somewhere around there (laughs) Ill, but other than that loss you know it's not really a loss because nothing's really going to change probably but i doubt it it does feel a little bit like you know those are the two big michigan family from michigan owned and now they're both owned by corporate but at least they're both foreign companies yeah spain and japan so that's fine now. Just Michigan's gonna be even more worldwide now because you can already get founders in Europe, but not Bells. I'm sure Bells will be there now too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, cool. And Japan, maybe. <clears throat> I'm sure there's got to be a
0: reason they wanted it. I mean, I mean that's kind of some. it's sometimes is people's goals, right? When you start a business, is to get eventually get acquired and go worldwide. Yeah, just and then retire like with a shitload of money. Yeah. So.
1: It's the American dream, right? Yeah.
0: Guy uh, put in lots dream. of work and paid off for him. Hopefully, nothing changes for us because obviously, you're fans of the beers. But uh, if they do, fuck right, them. So we I'll seen, kill them all. I did have, I mean, yeah, it's not like we have a shortage of breweries to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did have Too Hard again
2: for the first time in a long time, actually, because I kind of got, you know, it's Too Hard. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it it's really always
0: a great fallback. Like, you know, draft list, eh, just it's okay beers. Too Hard is there. It's like, yeah i'm going too hard yeah time. i mean
1: you can get it at any sporting any, event you yeah. Know, yeah like you yeah. go to lion's game any bar pretty hard much,
2: hard much hard. in
1: michigan if oh, you yeah. want a good beer you're gonna get
0: yeah they have their their domestics on draft and then there's like two craft beers it's one always of them too too <laughs> <laughs> so you see the fish Yep.
1: <laughs> so you always get it no, you see the orange orange top yeah or the green top i mean
0: yep orange is over all right well let's get into these reviews what do you guys want to start with red notice or finch I am fine with either. I watched Red Notice first. I watched them both at about the same time. I don't care. So <laughs> Red Notice. You want to start with Red Notice? Sure. Okay, Red Notice is written and directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber. Uh, it stars Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Chris Uh Plot synopsis reads, An Interpol agent tracks the world's most wanted art thief. Let's take a listen to a clip.
3: Looking for something specific, or just browsing? You look awful. Hmm. You know, there was an easier way in, but I doubt very much that you could have managed it. Now that I have two out of the three eggs, I'll give you one last chance to take me up on my offer.
1: Where's well, my counteroffer?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're under arrest. Oh my God. Read the room. I told you, this would end with
2: you in handcuffs. You're so embarrassing. He's so embarrassing.
3: Tell you what, Agent Hartley. You want to arrest me? Come. Arrest me.
0: All right, what did you guys think of Red Notice? Red Notice
2: is one of the most generic movies I have ever seen. I liked it. (laughs) Loved it. Literally... It felt like a national treasure for
0: like a new generation. Mm-hmm. You could see that kind of. That's a little bit of Indiana Jones, a little bit of Yeah. National Treasure.
2: And then you have like I guess National Treasure was the new Indiana Jones and then, then you this have is like the, the, the new two National two Treasure. Sides kind of thieving working against each other and they're both good at this and I don't know. That's what I felt. So other than that, I mean Ryan Reynolds was playing Ryan Reynolds. Rock was playing rock and Gal Gadot was playing Wonder Woman. And (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much it. (laughs) Like it was fun. It was a little long, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's other than it's had some parts that were funny and it was just a movie that you could turn on and pay attention to certain parts. The twists were (sighs) twists but they were so cheap but kind of dumb i don't know how, it's literally one of the most generic <laughs> movies i've ever seen with talented people involved mhm there we go red notice <laughs> yeah literally um put
1: that in ex- the box <laughs> it's exactly that um you know people are going to eat this movie up because it's because that's what the the generic mouth breathers love and this is what they're going to love. It's the biggest Netflix Definitely
0: nef- catering to an audience. Oh yeah. Biggest sure. Netflix
1: budget ever and biggest Netflix movie ever.
0: <laughs> that's embarrassing.
1: Which isn't saying much because ha- all the budget went to three people I'm assuming because it did not go into screenwriting. That's for sure.
0: Didn't go into <laughs> visuals at all. Yeah, the the special <laughs> effects
1: were pretty bad. Um
2: two borderline <clears throat> very bad. Like
0: one scene extremely bad. <laughs>
2: And also, no one. <laughs> I don't think did anyone even die in this movie. The uh, amount of shots that were missed and stuff, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, I which did, is the you know usual thing, but I'm just for like, just yeah, someone PG-13. gonna die? <laughs> like, also, like for for kind of like a sec- oh no,
0: people do. They're, they're, there's people that die. It's just all of the good, all of like literally the good guys. Like the only people that you wouldn't want to die. All the Interpol agents, like and literal cops, are like dying all the time they're all terrible (laughs) at
2: Mm -hmm. everyone's so bad at their at you know
1: aim yeah and as simple as this movie is like there was sometimes i was like what does this have to do with anything like it -hmm. would just be random like insertion just to like try and foreshadow a twist of some sort and you're like this did nothing for me and it was like what like you almost got lost at times not at times but like Lost because you're like, what does this have to do with anything? And then it just, like, doesn't ever do anything further. It's just, it was weird. Um, Yeah, but like you said, if it's a throw on Netflix and chill rating, probably pretty high.
0: Oh, super high. Yeah, super very high. Netflix
1: high. and chill. chill.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Well, you got, I mean, Ryan Reynolds and Rock in it. And Gallagher. Yeah, look go. at that. You got... <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um to call it average I think is insulting to all of the other average movies out there. Um this movie it I know what you're saying like it is it plays in that realm of like it's supposed to be funny, it's supposed to be, you know, action oriented and just like shut off your brain and watch it, but it does both of those things to me terribly ro- bad. Like it's not funny at all and the action I think is done terribly like there's some parts that are okay but if you like actually watch how the action is shot and like some of the choreography it's so lame like and uh i guess you could roll it into the twists later um but not all of it that's not like an excuse and this guy i've never seen i haven't seen skyscraper but he comes from a mostly comedic background and i just feel like you can definitely see that in his how he shoots action Mm -hmm. and how that's done and how the camera moves too is very digital also like especially in a lot of like chases and stuff it's it feels like uh like there's just this object that's flying like with no um physics applied to it at all (laughs) so that's like my biggest problem is that it's it's playing in these realms of an action and a comedy and it's does both of those things bad the like plot and everything you know it's it's fine and I actually kind of like the twist at the end. I didn't see it coming, although I guess I should have because a lot of the rock's motivations just didn't seem to make sense. Um, well, that would require to that for to you to clear his name.
1: That would require you to like really pay attention to the movie, and this movie didn't do that. Oh yeah, I was. So then the uh, twist was like, oh <laughs> shit! Like maybe if I paid a little more attention, I'd care. But. Yeah,
0: I mean hindsight's always twenty twenty <laughs> and stuff, and you know I was questioning things as it as it went, and so I guess that played into me thinking there was going to be a twist. I actually thought it was the lead. Female, spoiler, the lead female Interpol I agent, too. I thought that's she also, was in it. I also version. thought that, apparently. Because <laughs> her <laughs> didn't, sh- everything she did her, didn't really make sense. I thought her
2: motivations were, Interpol's motivations that's what were the worst of all of them. Yeah. And that's what
1: I was referring to when I said, like, I got lost. Like, their whole injection into it didn't feel
2: Yeah, like for sure. <laughs> Felt um, weird. Yeah, it could have just been the two going against
0: each other. You didn't really need the Interpol in there. Yeah, it, it's just uh yeah, there's like unnecessary layers to this movie and again, what Josh said, the budget didn't go to screenwriting. It is pretty badly written and constructed and um yeah, I thought the funniest parts were the parts where they actually weren't trying to be funny, like where Ryan Reynolds would have like it was more off more of like a one-off line rather than this whole like setup that he does only for himself. He like he leads his own jokes all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and um, the amount of referential humor is gross. Yeah, like this gonna movie say. is not going to age in five years. It's gonna it, these jokes are going to be terrible. Uh, the product placement was disgusting. I oh think my put, god! I brought talking mouth, about his gin? His own gin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Taramana. there's
1: other ones. was in it too. Yeah. Coca Cola.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Just. The gin though is just too much for me. I'm like, like Wait, movies have product placement, placement all the time, I'm but like, his own t- gin.
2: They didn't show it Ugh. for a while, but then they eventually did show oh, the oh, name. Yeah. I'm like, wow. No, they I saw the bottle it. and I knew no, it. No, I knew I was it was like, his oh, bottle like, as soon as I saw Dram. I'm Put like, the I'm the pretty sure that's his gin. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't show it. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just him drinking gin. And then they showed it later. I'm like, oh really? They showed it like three times in that one angle. Is that how they like discounted the price and to pay for them or something? Yeah, exactly. So he could advertise his own gin in it? they're like we'll pay you a million less if you if we- <laughs> I mean yeah this budget is 160 million that's pretty
1: massive
0: yeah and um yeah i mean again you have three of the biggest movie stars in hollywood right now in it and just how the whole movie looks like i think not only that one scene which we'll talk about later i guess in more detail i thought the whole look of the movie was really bad like mm. the color correction and like just how I don't know. Shots of like when they were in um, South America, it all looked so fake and artificial. Like it looked so terrible. I don't.
2: How did you much did you love you know where it showed exactly where they were every time? Oh, the, the big, big words? words on the screen. Actually, that was like one of the best parts. You actually were okay. <laughs> yeah, like the the the, the design. Looked,
0: yeah. yeah, like they actually put some thought and some design into the wow. the words, I and it covers you the whole screen.
2: Mad that they it, instead of just like them saying let's go here oh no no i mean that would have been
0: that would have been too because of the amount of globe trotting they do like it that definitely would have been an issue where where like when it comes up in dialogue it would have they especially with this writing it probably would have felt like expositiony
2: honestly this movie for me felt like uh the fast and furious movies
0: yeah i could see comparisons for sure
2: that's how i felt about them
0: yeah literally like same yeah, bad comedy like like super artificial looking action and but I mean those like see there's a good example though of like this is supposed to be an action comedy and Fast and Furious definitely tries to inject comedy but it's more action I feel like this is more comedy that injects some action and the action is not done well here and the comedy isn't done well in Fast and Furious but yeah uh, didn't really care for it so do you want to get into some more details? I'm sure. sure there's not a lot more to say. You scared the shit out of Layla. Poor Layla's. Um anything you wanna touch on there? I'm no. gonna read over there. No, that's okay. <laughs> really? Okay, well we have to I talk about the one scene though, the bullfighting <laughs> yeah. scene. Oh that's God. what I'm talking about with the effects. Yeah,
1: that was so bad. Yeah.
0: That looked t- terrible. And um the whole prison scene
1: looked horrible too.
0: Yeah, the prison scene. Did you like how that ended, though? How it like he was planting things as he, as he went along. Because that one scene in the beginning that they show on Netflix, like when you just hover over it, and it's the thing where he says he's not a cop. You know, I would I would watch that, and I was like, and I was, that's what made that's literally part of the reason I was dreading this movie so much was from that scene alone. I was like, this is supposed to be funny, and they keep showing that part, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. And it and it pays off in terms of plot later. It still isn't funny, but
2: yeah. I mean, if you like Ryan Reynolds' humor, you're gonna think this is hilarious. Because if you think Deadpool always, is hilarious, that's what I'm you'll, saying. You'll like this. like this is the same exact humor <laughs> as Deadpool. Like yeah. exactly the same. Like I feel he like literally he has, like
1: he. He has to write his own scripts. Like, <laughs> like, have
2: you seen him talk in real life? This is exactly yeah, how he talks in real Ryan life. Reynolds. And it's funnier in real life because it's not written. And he talks exactly like that. He's got to have a say in like all of his scripts.
1: Yeah. Because all of them just feel. They feel like it's more, him. Or every writer that's ever worked with him just knows him that well. Like, yeah. But I don't think so. There's He's got to have a lot involved in it.
2: It felt like watching Deadpool without his suit on.
1: Yeah. And less raunchy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And more referential,
1: <laughs> way more referential. Yeah, it was bad at times, like very bad.
0: Yeah, I didn't write down any specific examples, but there's you just watch ten minutes of things. it and you'll you'll hear something, I'm sure. Um, the quote unquote villain as well, um, Soto or what's his name? It's Chris DiMappolopoulos's character.
1: Oh, uh, Zoto. Zoto.
0: Is that his name is? Sotovoce. Um,
1: Soto Soto oh. Sotovoce. Sotovoce. Yeah.
0: Why the fuck did they give him that voice? Who's, what oh, direction my God. Was I, like, I thought yeah, the do same that, thing. Yeah, do that voice. That's perfect. Uh, this
3: is how you want to <laughs> It
0: was so stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I hated that. Oh, my God.
1: It sounded like Stephen <laughs> Lang from Don't Breathe, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but he just couldn't pull it off. He like Stephen Lang has that look to him. Yeah, you know, this he guy at least just looks, looks so old. fucking stupid. Oh man, that was bad.
1: Yeah, his voice. I remember that. And I was like, "Good God Almighty!" <laughs>
0: uh, I actually did write down too the thing about that there being like no stakes or consequences. It felt like everybody was just invincible and like, especially with the prison scene. I mean, the the RPG literally Dude, I, blowing exactly. up two feet away from the rock. Now nah, he's fine. And then shoots, And then he also doesn't. <laughs> And yeah. then it sh-
1: the rocket goes through the
0: fucking. Well, he helicopter. doesn't. Any? Why wouldn't you shoot? Like he shoots at him. The That's rock what first. I talked. Why to wouldn't it? you shoot at the helicopter first? Then they can't escape. I literally said the it's exact not thing. I'm like,
2: you shoot at the biggest. Yeah, the thing.
0: Even though, even when
2: you shot the rock through it he could they could shot at the front of it the back of it why would you shoot at the doorway because they were shooting at him and he went in through the door why so it locked on the
0: the rock versus
1: yeah lock on the
2: helicopter
1: yeah the big massive (laughs) helicopter
0: yeah that was just
2: dumb like there's but i just took it dumb the action all in all was dumb so yeah
0: i get that but there's like it's it, if it's not playing in that zone of like being super campy then like there's certain things that you have to take as being like again this movie isn't grounded by any means but there's just so many there's only so much you can suspend your disbelief for it's like really you know yeah I don't
2: know um well I just took it again like fast and furious where all of a sudden remember the last one where he went underwater and he's like underwater and somehow they carried him out of the water, or when he was like yeah. fighting a hundred guys and ripped the things out of the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is literally what I felt like with the Rock. It's like, but oh, again, he's just those superhuman. movies
0: like play in to, they've gotten to the point where they play in that realm. Yeah, whereas like this, you don't have anything else to go off of, but it's only one movie so far, which obviously setting up for more gross, but uh, it it doesn't feel like it's in that realm quite yet. So, anyway. Uh, techn- other technical things I already said it looks disgusting but I thought the score was super like cliche and just bad. Couldn't, couldn't even tell you a single thing about it so yeah. It's one of those scores where like it, <laughs> there's like a music cue for like every emotion you're supposed to feel yeah. and like you know where it's like I, again it's not trying for that much but I just it stood out so much to me that I had to make mention- note of it Um, and then the last thing is the ending so you guys want to talk about that briefly and then we can move on which one <laughs> um let's just talk about the whole ending so the spoilers from here on out for red notice uh the twist which i actually liked was that the rock and gal gadot have been working together the whole time they are they together are the bishop and they've planned this elaborate event out and yeah that's pretty much that twist which Again, I, like Like I said, I should have seen coming, but I wouldn't have thought that because they're like 20 years apart or so. Just, is weird. And then... Um, James Bond. <laughs> the end, the end-end, when I hate it, like, I liked that twist. I wish it kind of would have ended shortly after that. I thought the end was really bad. Yeah, the... With Ed Sheeran. Oh,
1: yeah, God,
0: <laughs> that yeah. That was bad. I was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, gross. And then, uh, I mean, just how, like... Yeah, it didn't like it didn't seem to make sense like they sold out. I guess they which they explain it later when they when I saw Interpol come in, <coughs> I was confused as like what was happening, but they sold out the the Egyptian billionaire to Interpol and then the end end when they get away 6 months later, Ryan Reynolds finds them to go on to another mission, which again, I said is like an obvious setup for sequels to this, but t- twist initial twist and ending of the movie thoughts on that that you can talk freely about it now
2: anything Jacob I mean I didn't I don't remember that I saw it coming I definitely didn't so but I took it
0: more as like those actions too. like they do the classic flashback of like oh how how did we get to this point like Mm -hmm. yeah So I mean it kind of again they, they don't show you a lot of it so it's like a twist that you could never see coming almost
2: that's what i was saying so it's not as like satisfying, i don't think it was super satisfying because i'm like yes that's a twitch twist but it felt like cheap like it yeah the best twists are the ones like where i'm like wow yeah it was definitely leading me to think that the whole time and i just totally missed it and this one i'm just like and yeah, like all of those things wouldn't have meant me like made me think or lead me really to think that it's just they only
0: lead you to think that there is there is another person involved but they leave it almost like you could it could be anybody and they don't give you any clue as to who because he says multiple times like the bishop can't be one person it has to be two uh like you couldn't pull off all that by yourself and so on and so forth and there is one example though where like remember when he says how did she find them in south america like, he asks her straight out, like, how did you find us? And she says, I followed you. She must have followed me. And he says, no shit or something. Ryan Reynolds says, oh, no shit. But then it's like, well, why would you even ask her if you knew that? Yeah. Like, the obvi- the answer is obvious. And it's like, why did-, why did you ask her? But then, yeah, like, the way she was tracking them the whole time was obviously through the rock and not any other way. Yeah, there's just a lot of, it seems like conveniences, I guess, and... Yeah. Also, Interpol
2: just believing so much that he was the one
0: who that he wasn't, like
2: somehow being framed or like he just automatically went to prison. Well,
1: yeah, because they and they never found out. They like didn't have any information on. Well, his, it right.
0: kind of doesn't really make sense from the beginning if you if you actually think yeah. about it. Like the Interpol is just working with this guy that has zero credentials. I mean, you could believe that he maybe faked some because he's the bishop or whatever, but. Like, how much, how much can you go to fake being a part of the FBI like without somebody noticing? Or how does that work with Interpol and the FBI? I mean, the Interpol,
2: all of the things that they did made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, why are they listening to the bishop? Like, why do they trust the bishop when they... It, don't they know the bishop is someone else who's, like, a <laughs> thief? And <laughs> right. also, like, it didn't even make sense near the end when... Or you know, uh, they found all this Nazi treasure and the eggs in there. One, he's like, "Oh," can, he acted like they were stealing this, but they would be, they wouldn't be stealing that because they discovered it. So they, technically, that's it does belong to him now because he discovered this and all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's not stealing anything, but the, so that didn't make any
0: sense. And well, then, they say that not in terms of stealing. They say that. Um, They say something about Nazi memorabilia taking or whatever would be a crime. Yeah. There's like a line. Yeah, but is it? I don't know. Well, they (laughs) expect you to not know anything because they even at the very beginning of the movie they have to they have to put the definition of red notice up there so people will know.
2: And then also none of Interpol's like motivations make like the amount of money they would have to spend to try and catch these like three people now who really is it worth it? to catch them at this point it went and they have all this treasure now right they can reclaim that and like that's worth way more than these three people or these three eggs i don't know just interpol in general that whole thing didn't make sense to me their motivations at all Mm. but
0: yeah perfectly average movie though such an average movie (laughs) (laughs) um all right. Every, you tapped out? Tapped out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ratings out of five stars? 2.5. I gave it a 2. I gave it a 1.5. All right. Let's move on to our next featured review. We're talking Finch. Uh, Finch is directed by Miguel Sapochnik. Sapochnik? Sure. Uh, written by Craig Luck and Ivor Powell. Ivor Powell. Uh, It stars Tom Hanks and Caleb Landry-Jones. Plot synopsis reads, On a post-apocalyptic Earth, a robot built to protect the life of his creator's beloved dog learns about life, love, friendship, and what it means to be human. Let's take a listen to a clip.
3: Now, here. Hey. Look. Walk to me. One, two, one, two,
2: one, two, one, two, one, two. Uh, fallen. One, two. That's <laughs> falling. One, two.
3: One, two, one, two, one.
0: Okay, what did you guys think of
2: Finch? I actually enjoyed Finch quite a bit. Didn't expect it at all when I started watching it, but I didn't really know. It seemed a lot more generic than when I watched it. Like, I thought it was going to be more um, chappy, I guess. More chappy? Yeah, more chappy-like, I guess. But I feel like... I enjoyed Finch way more. Oh well, Jeff. Way more than Chappie. And it was just like a heartwarming story. I mean, the end of the world thing. It was just more of the set dressing for like the relationship between the <laughs> characters, which were like the dog, Dewey, Finch, and Jeff, and Goodyear. Goodyear. Oh yeah, Goodyear dog. was the dog. And yeah, I thought the story is pretty dark in areas, and I thought that was well done. I I mean Tom Hanks d- did well. I mean there's I have no complaints about really any of the acting, even though there's not a lot involved there, right? The one actor, <laughs> two. I mean the voice actor for Finch was good too. Yeah, I'm sure he was an actor. It was probably sure. green. He was probably
1: <coughs> wearing like a a suit. It was probably an actual person.
0: Well, who knows if he did the if he did it though. You think no. Caleb Lander Jones did the mocap for Finch?
1: I think
2: somebody did.
0: Maybe. I doubt it was Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah. It could have been, but
2: and I thought the CG looked good. Mhm. Definitely way better than Red Notice, right? And it, 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 this isn't like a story that was very new, but it's You mean the CG
0: for Jeff?
2: Yeah, Jeff. Was really good.
0: Because there's some, yeah, I'll get into it. Yeah. There's some effects, there's some visuals that aren't incredible.
2: Yeah. And then, I don't know, just story itself was so like much smaller than I expected it to be. And I enjoyed that trip and like their relationship evolving over time. It wasn't <laughs> just simple. It was nuanced and yeah, it was just enjoyable throughout. It was still long. Again, pacing wasn't great. It got pretty boring overall, but. Yeah, it had some exciting parts. Some, um, and even though it was kind of predictable where it was going, it, I don't think it really took any miss, big missteps anywhere. And I, <coughs> it was just yeah, a nice story overall.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So Caleb Landry Jones did do the mocat for it. He was the guy. Um, little tidbit, it was also originally announced in seventeen. This movie, filmed in nineteen, so it's over two years old. Um, but
0: Don't Stop Us Then Stop Us re- we Oh it was also originally no, Monster was that BIOS. was made in 2018 yeah. <laughs> it
1: was also named BIOS and it got changed to Finch BIOS? B- BIOS BIOS yep that doesn't really make sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. but anyway um Donkey. yeah it, the first and foremost I liked the first half maybe and then it just got incredibly long and I was like like waiting for something to happen and they threw these like cheap thrill scenes in to kind of like add some action to it but overall this movie i think could have got cut down like a half hour and been extremely way or way more effective in what it wants to do and that's to kind of create that relationship between a dying man and his you know whatever's going to come next you know whatever you know he's looking through his future and he doesn't have anyone else so he has to you know recruit this robot to kind of take his place and become the next you know carry on whatever he's doing, but there's not really any cause of what he's doing. I mean, you don't other than like he. The only reason why I mean, I guess we'll get into it, but it's not really a spoiler, I guess. But anyway, I'll talk freely a little bit later, but um, just it just got it just really went to a very very slow. Boring pace, and it just like I was almost fighting not falling asleep watching it because it just got so repetitive and just I don't know. I it started off very strong and obviously Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Loved um, Jeff the character. Um, I liked I you know I liked some of the humor was pretty you know funny at times. It had some cool parts in it, but um, overall just it's long and it felt very long
0: <clears throat> to me this is the perfectly average movie um <clears throat> yeah we've seen this is like an amalgamation of a few movies um people have related it to castaway obviously just because it's only tom hanks in it even though it's kind of the furthest thing from that um <clears throat> but Chappie, obviously being uh Maybe not an inspiration, but relatable to this. Castaway. And I think all those movies are better. This is like the, maybe not sterilized. It is a little bit dark in some places, but it's the, it's like the surface level to all of those movies. I don't really think it ever goes deeper than that. Um, I think it's pretty obvious in like a lot of the things that it's going for and just the themes and stuff. And to me, Jeff, like as a character, is the thing that doesn't work the most because he is supposed to be this AI and it feels like everything that they do that they mine from Jeff is for like comedy and for these emotional beats rather than have actually having it make sense coming from a robot or an AI. Like a lot of the stuff that he like just how his learning process works and stuff like that, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like and put me into this you know future world where ai is even possible and you know i mean we have machines that are self-learning now but more human humanoid i guess um so yeah that was like my biggest problems with it um i like the road trip nature even though like it didn't feel sometimes i guess they would like josh was saying it it felt stretched out because it seemed like they were not moving for extended periods of time and just the set pieces and stuff, they were they were okay, but nothing great. And I don't yeah, I just thought it was kind of average overall.
1: Yeah, like, do you have a a road trip scene and everything look exactly the same because it's a barren wasteland? It's like, mm-hmm. it just, it's like boring. It's like, it'd be like, you know, it's like, I don't... Because they travel from
0: St. Louis to...
1: To San Francisco. Is it
0: St. Louis? Yeah. Okay, St. Louis to San Francisco. I mean, there's... Quite a bit of things along the way, like I said. Yeah, like I said, it is a barren wasteland.
1: Yeah, but but then they get to Denver, and you don't like they like talk about the mountains a little bit, but you never see like these mountainous landscapes. It's just like, I mean, like he's driving <clears> through that little <throat> tunnel, you know. But it's like you never feel like the atmosphere of where they're at because it just is all a barren wasteland. So it just feels yeah, and
0: that's part of the monotonous I part guess. of what they're trying to right. portray and show and stuff, but. Yeah, I don't know, just it, there's I guess there's a lot of things that there's some things I liked and it just as much for as as much as there are things I liked, there's things I disliked as well. And I guess we can get into that. But um yeah, Caleb Landry and Jones is in terms of Jeff like I didn't it just seemed like a an exact exactly what it would be a voice actor. I don't even know why he was really needed until the end. Like they do a cool effect where he gets where Jeff sounds more and more like they take the filter off or whatever on his voice it Mm -hmm. becomes like basically if it was like the instagram filter slide how you can go from zero to 100 now that's it's like goes down a point every minute of the movie or whatever and till it gets to it sounds just like him at the end and uh, it finally took until the end where i'm like that voice really sounds familiar i didn't know who it was until after i watched it
1: yeah isn't he like transferring data like the whole time they no, they, they say only that transfers incomplete. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's why he doesn't know like everything. everything. I guess even though there's no way that he would have a book for everything in there. They show them copying the books. I get the point of that, but still, to learn everything, be a lot more than just however many books you have in that laboratory. Cyclopedias, mm-hmm. <laughs> even then. <laughs> um, okay, so. Do you have any details you need to, or anything spoiler?
1: Uh, just details. I mean, um, like the entire. What was his in, even reasoning to leave? Like I know there was like a storm coming.
0: The storm would have trapped them to where they wouldn't be able days to leave. Or right? Yeah, to they would have died there.
1: But San Francisco, just he was going to visit his dad, right? Is the whole earth. Was this whole reason for wanting to go to San no, Francisco? So, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: there's there's a question there that I have to, like, the whole the whole thing of, like, <clears throat> never, like, he wouldn't leave there because everywhere is supposed to be this barren wasteland, but then, like, so the he's thought to go to one? San Francisco and then the fact that it's not what they think it is or, like, even along the way there, it's not what they think it is. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I guess there's not a way to relay that information, but I was like literally questioning it when I was watching. I was like, "Why it didn't make sense to me?"
1: Yeah, like why? I mean, I, I, they did talk about his dad being there like a little bit, but he'd never been. I don't know. It just felt weird, like just the whole setup to get there because it was like, "Oh, storm's coming! Boom, we gotta go."
0: Oh, and the other thing, he didn't want to go east because there are people there. And San Francisco is one of the biggest cities in America. Why wouldn't there be people there? Like, he's like, oh, we can't go east. There's too many people there. Wouldn't he Let's go to San Francisco, California, one of the most populated places. Wouldn't in the he world.
1: know one of the most uh, liberal places in the world would not be have uh, holes in the ozone because they care about that That's stuff? That's
2: why he wanted to go east because you know, yeah, they're gonna they care more about climate.
1: Wouldn't he just assume that they wouldn't have
0: holes in their ozone? <laughs> right or yeah, I don't know. Again, it's like it <clears throat> to be a like futuristic world, it doesn't like establish it doesn't make you, f- you know, there's like sci-fi movies that establish it so well. It's like, I don't know, like Blade Runner or something like that, where it feels so like sci-fi? real, but like yeah. not like it feels like it could be the very real future. I don't know. Anyway, it it just doesn't establish that world. Like the world building is not up to par as like other sci-fi movies like District 9. Or even a movie very similar, I Am Legend.
1: I thought I got a lot of I Am Legend references in this one. Huge. A lot of them. (laughs) Dog.
2: Dog, man. (laughs) Zombies. People.
1: Well, random (laughs) areas of where people are camped out, surviving together, the community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the light, like he won't go out in, uh, well, he doesn't go out at night, but he only goes out in day. But it's the same thing the day would burn him instead of burning the zombies. Mm hmm. Yeah. Gotta
1: I know you were born yesterday,
0: but it's time for you to grow up. <laughs> Classic line. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know how much else I have to say on pitch, honestly. Do you have anything else just to watch We were pretty high me. on it, so Hey, you fucking love this movie.
2: Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I just thought, I mean, I just like the interaction between the characters. I thought the story was just something to get it to set in motion, and the actual meat of it was just the relationship between the. Do you think it could have been shorter? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess that's <clears throat> that's the crux of the movie, and that's what I think is so like mediocre and surface level is that like a lot of the stuff that they like a lot. Of, it just feels like easy. Yeah, like low-hanging fruit that they go for a lot in this movie. Yeah, like him, you know, the childlike nature of Jeff or whatever, and like they just mine a lot of that low-hanging fruit over. That's like I've seen all this before. You know, Chappie does it better. Uh, the relationship between them, I can't really remember that from. I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but anyway, all that stuff, like in the fact that he's dying, like there's a timer on him, and he's trying to get, catch him up to get him up to speed before he dies like i don't know it was fine but what are you doing initiative yeah that well, was funny i
2: don't know i i like this more than chappie but i did
0: i i'm just talking about the ai stuff like that made more sense in chappie like he it's fun it's because that takes place over a short period of time and he is he basically become he goes from a baby to an adult in that period of time but it it's makes a sense longer like period of time His learning though, right uh, yeah, but his like learning, I don't know because I feel like both were pretty much it's been a long time since I've seen that. You watched
2: it more yeah, recently. I feel me. like both were exponential growth, but Chappie had longer time, so obviously, his he grew a lot more. than, yeah, This was a couple of days, yeah, this was literally a couple of days, <laughs> and it week, felt yeah. like, yeah, it was the same thing. He was he couldn't even walk, and by the end of it, he was on his <laughs> own, and it was only a, over like a few days. Yeah, so I feel like their growth was pretty much the same.
0: But yeah, I didn't really care for the end either, the whole like sunshine and rainbows thing. I mean, he's so paranoid about people. I don't know, I guess if that's like a statement on humanity or whatever, but like he's so paranoid about the people and then everybody's like, "Oh, we're here and come find us."
2: See, I think that was what it was the statement was is cuz Finch himself, he was not really he was kind of self-centered, right? And thought he was just better than everyone else. And that's why he never got along with teams. That's why he never was able to work with people. And that's how kind of his relationship with uh, Jeff even was really bad at first. But out of necessity, he had to kind of be more open and change the way he was thinking. Because even though his whole life he's kind of been this loner who thinks he's better off by himself, he had to get over that so quickly because he had a timer. Like he's dying soon. He has to put trust and someone else for once because he's never trusted anybody else ever like throughout his whole life like his family friends well friends his family where he didn't trust you know his dad he who let him down all of his team who he thought basically he was carrying them right and it was all him who did everything and so this he had now he has a timer he knows he's dying and he has to place his trust in something and that happens to be Jeff and that's what I liked about it it was just like he has no choice but place his trust in someone for once and then his kind of evolution at the end of his life and where he finally you know was content and could move on and trust for once before he died
3: mm.
2: and then Jeff yeah, I mean just I see like that learning thing there. To be all by himself within a few days and dreaming you know and just like their little moments like i love that part when he was like he's like oh you had a dream i wish i could see you six years from now like it was just like touching moments like that just between those characters and i i mean i had a bond with dewey and then you know dewey died (laughs) and that was kind of sad and yeah i don't know and then the dog story, that was pretty tragic. Why mm-hmm. he was called Goodyear. And that show that was pretty dark. And why did why like did that? Because I completely zoned out because I was bored. He was found in the A Goodyear tire. tire. Okay. In the backpack of that little girl. I like was trying. Yeah, I was his like
0: his name should have been like Jansport or something then. Not Goodyear.
2: <laughs> He's not very good at naming <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, that's why I let Jeff choose his own name.
0: How about Jack?
1: that uh, jacks are lo- douches or losers
2: what does he say no, he no jack's a, a tool. tool yeah
0: <laughs> that's the joke a, though it has
2: yeah. a double meaning because jack's a <laughs> but yeah. also he it was a jack so it was it's, literally it was a tool funny. but so clever
0: no yeah. it was good <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> no but this was again a movie that was going for a lot of comedy not a lot worked.
1: I chuckled. I didn't laugh, laugh. But Same. There was, there a was like chuckles, a couple parts. Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. But they swung a lot. I mean, if we're talking about batting average, very low.
2: 100. <laughs> batting, a, batting 100. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, not great. Oh, man, it's been a while since we had it. Bringing it back. Um. <clears throat> bringing it back. Yeah, and uh, again, another technical thing that, this stood out to me was the score. And this where is a movie where it felt like it was going for something a little bit more. Like, it should have had a better score. Like, Red Notice, yeah, it's just, like, temp score. Like, fucking, who, who gives a shit about that? But this stood out to me as, again, like, just... Not the same where it's, like, trying to hit all these emotional beats, but it stood out as bad. I just, or I didn't like it.
1: I definitely noticed, like, the main theme was pretty good. It, it like the theme that they played throughout the whole like every good part happened but other than that yeah it was pretty generic
0: it it, swung, it felt like it swung from like one I guess genre or type of music like to another like a very dramatic swing I'm trying to remember it exactly I'd have to listen to it but you'll hear it I'm sure at the beginning and end of this episode but yeah I, I just didn't care for it I guess I shouldn't say it was bad but it didn't seem to fit the movie for me so It was inoffensive to me. (laughs) Hey, if you didn't notice it, then that's just as bad. Uh, Anything else to say on Jeff or Finch, whatever the fuck this movie's called? (laughs) On Jeff. Bios. (laughs) Somebody's name. No. Okay, ratings out of five? Three and a half. I'm going to give it a 2.5. I'm also going 2.5. All right, uh, let's get into what else we watched. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot... How much much will we discuss is the question.
2: No, I only have a couple. Uh, I have a couple I really want (laughs) to jump into. Actually, I have three that I kind of want to get into because there are two of them I was really looking forward to. One was a surprise, Mm -hmm. and then everything else. is One,
0: two, three. I actually only have five things outside of... um, yeah. Premium I watched watches, all, so all the premium, so I yeah. was, I only have two. So I guess it seems like I have more, but don't really have that much. And a lot only of some three, of them I'm not gonna four. talk about that before. But yeah. Okay. Who wants to start you uh Jacob or yeah.
2: Kyle, because you guys have the most. I'll start. Okay, good. I don't know where to start. I guess I'll start with the oldest one. The longest go. Pig. Oh yeah. So I've been wanting to watch this. Well, Okay, and don't talk too much because it's See, on Hulu and I'm going to watch it. that's why I have to talk too much yeah, Is definitely. it on I'm Hulu now? It. Yeah, it's on Hulu right now. Okay. yeah, I definitely That's been on my list. So, directed by Michael Sarnowski. I was just interested in this because I heard a lot of buzz about how uh, good Nicolas Cage was in it. Mm-hmm. And he is. Wow. Like, I mean, it's funny because usually, oh, that reminds me too. I forgot to add, I rewatched Color of Space too. But so there we go. Two Nick Cage movies and polar opposite. So usually Nick Cage, you think, Mandy, color out of space, crazy, high energy, you know. And I, I like that. I like when I see that. This was not he was so nuanced and I don't know. It was weird to see him take some things. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to like sound bad and say he doesn't take out everything he does seriously. But this was like where he felt like he wanted. He's like, okay, I'm gonna try mm-hmm. really hard, and he kills it. Like this story was not at all what I expected. I expected. I don't want to get too into it, but it felt like a re, like it was building out to be kind of a revenge flick, and it w- maybe was or wasn't. It's a thriller, I, so you know, we yeah. know there's gonna be something like that. yeah. But it was just so well done in so many ways. It was beautiful to look at. Acting was phenomenal. Perfect run time. Good shows. run time. Hour 32. Still pacing wasn't perfect, and that's really what hurt it a little bit for me. But it could reach higher. Yeah, there's not a lot bad to say about this movie. It deserves all the praise it's been getting. And uh, hopefully one of you guys watch soon and we can talk more about it. I didn't know I was on Hulu yet. So I'll Try to do for next I'll week. I'll be
1: sure. soon, very soon. But or a week after. <laughs> yeah.
0: <coughs> Very good. I gave it a four and a half. Oh, wow. Well. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, starting with the oldest, um, I rewatched Silence of the Lambs. I had not had it logged, though. That's how long it has been. And uh, I actually watched this with Dad, and um, it was a kind of a shitty transfer, so the video didn't look too great, but. Um, it is highly regarded as right an all-timer classic mm-hmm. and i do love it but i guess if there was one thing that i had to that i would have to criticize it for is i think it's almost a little too procedural for a movie where it kind of feels like almost like a cop like an episode of a cop show and it's it's much better than that um this is like it's gonna sound worse what I'm saying. But I still absolutely love it. Um there's there's that procedural aspect and then there's there's parts of they try to bring in um what's her name, Clarice. Clarice's like past and Clarice. build her up as a like a character, which I don't think they go into enough. I feel like she's not fleshed out enough. And I could do for a rewatch like already, but that's just like my initial thoughts in terms of the only things bad about it. Everything else is amazing. There's some amazing shots. Uh the scores amazing. Anthony Hopkins obviously won the Oscar for best actor like he's amazing in it. And uh just how they how these two cases connect to is is done really well. The Howard writing Shore. is fantastic. Yeah, Howard Shore, your boy. Your mm-hmm. boy. Jacob's my boy. boy.
1: Uh, I can usually tell uh, how
0: it's oh, sure. Yeah, it's usually pretty obvious. Uh, it's not as yeah, obvious in old. this one, but yeah. Older. Well, it's pretty it's old. It's like, and that's how it, the scope of it isn't as mm. large as something like, you know, Lord of the Rings It's Zorro. like epic, yeah. yeah. Jurassic Park. <clears throat> Jurassic Park, sure. Yeah, both of those are, I think even that's much grander than this, so. But still really good. Want to watch it in a, Better quality because I'm pretty sure this was like literally ripped from a DVD and Apple is ass for that, so or iTunes I should say, well it's Apple yeah, uh, Apple TV is that what? It's but on? I rented it on iTunes or something like that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I actually asked I requested for a refund because I was like this is so bad because it says 4K on it and it's really? clearly yeah like they advertise it that's what like. Streaming services I do not trust. Like this rental and everything where it's like, oh, it's HD, it's four K, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but what what print are you actually using? What rip are you using? Like man.
1: Yeah, it does say 4K. It's free on canopy though.
0: Yeah, that just happened. Oh. Because okay. I watched this at the beginning of the month actually. Uh that's how long it's been. Um and it happened it went on canopy afterwards. So <laughs> I was gonna say canopy probably is good. <laughs> yeah, it it's probably is at least better for sure. But um yeah, if you want uh if you want to be saved from bad picture, definitely go to blu-ray.com for your video ratings. I mean that's done through user, so even then it's kind of subjective, but uh Blu-ray comparisons on YouTube also amazing. If there's like five prints of a movie, they will compare all of them for you and you can see which is the best one with your own eyes. YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Hmm. Pretty good. YouTube, YouTube. Uh, Anyway, yeah. I landed on a four and a half. I want to get it up there, but I don't know. Gonna need a rewatch.
1: Hammer at home. All right. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. Yeah, so beginning of the month, uh, I rewatched on the last day of Dia D- 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 de los Muertos, Coco. Which is the best Pixar movie? My favorite Pixar movie. It is the best, and it solidified watching it again. Um, music is incredible. Um, animation incredible. Obviously, you're gonna get that with Pixar anyway. But th- just the colors in it is just so good. I mean, the colors and the way that the way that they portray family is just. So good, and like the way that, you know, you start forgetting people, and they like, they they, eventually go away completely. Like this is basically like, you know, like a, not really a purgatory, but of some sort. It's like it's like a waiting room to where you can live there forever as long as your family lives on. But if no one remembers you, then you literally just disappear, and you're completely I mean, gone you forever. You literally and do, that's, right? If and no it's one remembers of, you. You're gone. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's pretty dark concept but i mean it's very true and very um you know ex- uh involved in the in the mexican
2: community and that's what i love about too is like how accurate it is to hispanic culture like oh Hispe- yeah i mean mexican culture i don't it's not the same in everywhere but yeah what the friend does and mm-hmm. the dia de los muertos is not like a bad thing it's celebrating it's the life yeah. of the person not that they're being sad that they're gone and they have the old friend then
1: you like the way that they have like the, the marigolds pa- and they yeah. pass through and the marigolds lead you to it. and then they have the the floating bridge that's just like dropping flowers the whole time. so good um yeah like i said the music is awesome i mean i've listened to this one outside of the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really very remember very, me really good um yeah just it's a very good feel good um movie that's like I said, it's. I don't think I've ever seen an animation film better than this in terms. If you'd put it all together, especially Pixar. I mean, obviously they always make great movies, but well, not always great, but for always the most great part, movie always great looking movies. Yeah, so, like yeah. this is. I mean, Soul's the one that's kind of somewhat touched Coco, but I don't know if there's gonna be. It's gonna take a lot for this to get dethroned for me for sure. So. um, that being said it's a five star banger um i don't even know what to gripe about it to be honest just overall i guess experience but it's a lot of fun um i think it's pretty long maybe probably not i think it's hour, hour and a 50, half. really f- 105 minutes so hour 45 yeah. so not too long but It doesn't feel long no but sometimes it With you're watching animation long enough it kind of you feel it a little bit sometimes but Maybe that's my only gripe. It's a slightly too long, but other than that, it's a masterpiece.
2: Jacob? <laughs> okay, next on the list of things I watched. 21 Jump Street. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just rewatched it randomly. I did watch 22 Jump Street also, and I didn't. Check in that either. Well, I've been bad this You, <laughs> you got to watch it again? No, I guess. no that, we have 30 days to oh, yeah, check we said about yeah. that, that one and whatever else I said I watched and forgot chicken check in like a few minutes ago. Yeah, I, I don't really <laughs> have to go into this movie. Yeah, holds up pretty well. I think it actually is kind of getting old though. Because uh, I feel like this movie was made for our generation. It's almost 10 years old. Yeah, and I feel like it was made for us when we think about when we went to high school. But I think even if you go to Xenials now, they won't necessarily get the references. To right, me. right,
1: right. And this was, when did the original one come out? Was that
0: like the 80s? Mm. The show? Yeah. I think so. Was it? No, it said Johnny Depp, and he wasn't the... Oh, I guess that was from the 70s. Yeah, it could be. Because if you look at... If you think
2: about this... Yeah, 87, so late, late. Now it's been so long since... I mean, since that high school time, when we were even in high school, that a lot of the references that make it funny, like switching from one strap to two straps or stuff like that, that was funny to us because we remember, you know, it was cooler to have, like, the one strap. But, like, if you're now... Everyone has never done that, so <laughs> they won't really find get it. So I think twenty two Jump Street probably stands better against time than twenty one. But I've never seen two. Oh, they're both good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was still really funny. <laughs> I I tripping quite a bit. That, that scene. Oh hilarious. yeah, <laughs> I like that scene. They are they on, what drug are they on? It's a made-up drug. That's the whole thing that they're going in for. And then I just like, I think, uh, my God. Channing Tatum? Yeah, Channing Tatum. He's best in comedy roles. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's just funny in that role versus being serious because he's not that great at being serious, but when you (laughs) don't take him seriously, he's hilarious, right? And I just like him as a cop. Like when he catches the first one, he's like, you have the right to suck my dick, <laughs> like because he doesn't know right the Miranda rights. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's pretty. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've seen it since it came out.
2: It's it's. Funny. It's been a long time, but I do think it will fall. Like a younger generation won't quite get it, and it won't be as funny, but it's still funny overall and good one. It's a classic. What I is guess. that on? Did you rent
1: it? I don't remember. Well, I can look it up. Look it up. <laughs> I just, I thought you would have known. I think I
2: might've rented it. Cause that, if I have to look, why up, the hell?
1: Like what made you even do it? It's on Netflix. I have no idea. Yeah. That's, Netflix. That's why. that's why it was
2: just, I was yeah. going to say, there's
1: no reason why you would have like rented no, this. Yeah.
2: It was just on Netflix. I'm like, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Boom. Yeah. It's a fun, fun watch. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. Still hilarious. There's actually another one that I forgot
0: even earlier. I don't know why I thought I talked about this, but um, I watched the thing for the first time, mm-hmm. the original from Ooh.
2: 1982. Wait, I thought it was just thing. No, the
0: thing. The the thing. It mm-hmm. hmm. might be a movie called Thing.
2: Is that Stephen King?
0: Um, uh-huh. the thing. No, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, the (laughs) thing from John Carpenter, classic 80s movies, a lot of people have this, I mean, way up there in their all time favorites. And I do like it a lot. Uh, I don't think it's an all timer. Um, The thing that this movie gets talked about the most is its practical effects and they are absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah. I remember rewatching this. I mean, now it's been probably 15 years since I last watched it. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, this holds up. Perfectly, yeah, it's it incredible. was kind of <laughs> like watching Alien or something where mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, this looks great today. It could have come out and been fine, other than you know some sound and stuff like that. But effects, it I remember this looking fantastic and holding up better than the the remake I'm sure
0: it does now. Oh yeah, it's um the creature effects and just the design and everything is is amazing. Uh, it's they go to some weird and disturbing places with that because it's an amalgamation right of something alien that we don't know and then uh, incorporates whatever it's the host is and there's a lot of cool things like that uh just in terms of the plot my only like there's there's a few like acting things I don't know I think I think it's a little repetitive as well <clears throat> um, when it gets like past the halfway point. Of them turning against turning each against other. each other, yeah. trying to find out who was who, and there's just some weird logic, uh, kind of logic, but just like, um, move like pacing and movement, like okay, where are we at in in terms of like the story, and where am I at, like what is happening right now, like it's not confusing, but it's just I don't know if like some editing choices could have made that better or what, but yeah, just the the repetitive nature plus that, um, plus a few other small, small flaws. Don't bring it up to that level for me. Um, I think this is something that definitely has like some strong nostalgia for it. Um, I guess I don't want to project too much on that, but I mean, it is a movie from the eighties and people got a hard on for the eighties. So say what you will, but yeah, still love it. Um, just not an all timer. I think I gave it a four. Could probably go up slightly, but uh, we need to rewatch. so. good. Cool. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. It's it's obviously worth a watch. Yeah. I don't know why I waited so long to watch yeah, it. Oh, this is your first watch? Yeah, I've never oh, seen it. Oh. I've never seen it either. Oh.
1: That's our boy, JC.
2: Mm-hmm. I've seen it forever ago, and, and the mm-hmm. remake and the remake. I just got the remake. Well, I mean, I've had the remake it's but not like the remake's bad. It's just it's <coughs> not any better. So it seems pointless. And the right. CG. Isn't it
0: a C p- pseudo sequel, though? Is it? I don't know. I thought it was. Because the don't end know. they Both leave. Both I haven't seen in so long. The end they leave very ambiguous as, too, also, which I kind of like that. I they don't, just don't do I like don't a know. good job of of it. It's been over a decade
2: since I've seen. Because the, even the remake is like over 10, 10 years, years old. Yeah, I think yeah. it's from 2011 or 2012. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, I saw the original probably 15 years ago, and I saw, I was like, oh, well, I got to see the remake. Yeah. And when it came out, so I don't remember any details other than I don't see any point in watching the remake. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, my last one,
1: I watched Don John because... Uh, dad watched it <laughs> uh-huh. and dad if you're listening you felt you sound so fucking stupid you. to me right now i feel sorry, <laughs> sorry for you because don john is not he didn't say it was bad but no he uh he said it tops out at like a 3 star and i have to disagree um uh, because like it's a it's a funny movie you know it's got it's not it's not going to blow you away with comedy or anything but it's just like the the comedy that is in it is more of like my comedy I guess and it's if I like I always say on the show if I, if it makes me laugh it's going to get a little bit of a bump because I don't I like if it appeals to my comedy then then I then I'm going to give it a bump and this one does um, you know a pretty cool or not pretty cool I guess but an interesting story interesting um, you don't really you know you don't have any other movies that really have this premise of his character and you know what he goes through Um, and it's very unique in that in that perspective Um, also pretty cool that JGL did uh, wrote it directed it and was a star in it so that's that's pretty cool Um, another just a fun factor Um, his family dynamics funny Um, like why can't I think of his name right now who's the who's his dad uh from who's boss
0: oh tony danza tony danza i can always <laughs> forget is, it yeah. for some
1: reason he's his dad in it and their their relationship's hilarious uh um just the the family dynamic brie Larson is like literally says two words the entire movie but she's like always there mm. and she like steps up at the 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 right time um she was like... I read a review. She was like compared to somebody in, a, in another movie and I thought it was a pretty good comparison, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I just thought it was a... You know, like I said, it's interesting. Um, you don't really... You've never seen something of this um, nature and it doesn't end... It ends on a good note, but it's it's not like an ending that you would, you know, expect. It's not like he, he gets the girl and then they end up, you know, falling in love again. It's like he finally realizes what he likes and what he does and you know, he becomes a better person per se, but he still doesn't like it's not like the golden lining that you would expect or the silver lining you expect. So um
0: I like the golden lining better.
1: Yeah golden lining.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the golden lining.
1: The golden lining. Um, every cloud has a golden lining. You know what they say? Every cloud has a golden outline. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. We'll look it up. You can edit it in. Yeah. <laughs> um silver yeah. So um, yeah, I liked it. I uh, gave it a four star, light four star. But just out of spite, I had to give it a four star.
3: <laughs>
2: Got a half star spite bump.
1: Well, it was. I think I gave it like a like a seventy five, and that's you can like you can go up or down yeah. on that. So I went
2: up. <laughs> Is that me again? Yep. I think so. <coughs> I watched. Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am. The hell is that? A documentary about Toni Morrison. Is about the pieces and the pieces is? she uh, she is. Oh, she. Toni with an I. Hmm. That changes everything. It does. Okay. I've known a Toni with an I, as a woman. There you go. So she is an author that I actually had never heard of before, and now I'm listening to her audiobook. Uh. Extremely influential in the black community in their uh, as a writer, she does writing in a way that's extremely interesting because you think of a lot of the classic like black writers. A lot of times it's from the perspective of, of where white people are, you know, oppressing or doing something to them. But she just ignored white people completely and just wrote about the black experience. And it was even, like, criticized sometimes. And I think it was Washington Post. It's like, she's a great writer, but she could be even better if she started writing about other something other than just black people, basically. And it's like... Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like, because she's like, why do I always have to write for... Why is everything that has to be black has to be written in the perspective of being, like, the victim or being, mm-hmm. like... that has to have something to do with white people. Like, it always does. All of the great... Every like great story that's about the black experience is always like something about the being victimized or something went through, which are important things to tell. But she's like, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about, I want to write stories for everyone that is literally just the black experience and without anything to do with other races, like Mm -hmm. just writing about black people. Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing. It's something I had never even thought about, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of those great stories you think like of like that are classics and they're always from that other perspective and not just literally if you write if you're a white person, you write a white story that's and you don't have to mention black people, Asian people, Hispanic you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And it can be a great story, right? So why can't it be the other way? Why is they always have to write from and when like was this like being or something else?
1: Like what era was this based in? She's not. She just died.
2: Yeah, she just died. And this was she's in 19. it. Like she's in it. No, I meant
1: like when was her, when were her books like popular? Uh, like when was that Ra- Washington Post well, written and stuff? Right here because I like was it during an era like?
2: I think she was. I have right now. I'm listening to. I can look it up. The bluest eye.
1: But does it say... I didn't know if it, like, specified if it was, like, a different era. And that's why, like, the black experience was more closely related with...
2: Published in 1970. Yeah, I was
1: going to say probably 70s and 80s if if I had to guess.
2: Yeah, so... And it's, like, crazy because, like, she's from... So she lived in... She grew up in Ohio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, like... She's this, like, amazing artist from Ohio and, like, wrote about this little town in Ohio and has these like insane stories. And I guess, again, I'm just starting like the book, so I haven't even gotten into it, but the way she's writes is almost poetic and hard to understand. Mm-hmm. But if you're like in the culture, you can understand exactly what she's talking about. So I'm really interested in seeing that. Cause she like is unabashedly her own style of writing and you can see her attitude, like in the, her interviews and when she's talking, she is, a treat, I guess. Like she's awesome to listen to like her perspective. And she is so well-spoken mm-hmm. and like, she's considered one of the greats and like the things that she had to go to, she taught at like Ivy league schools. And she um, went to Ivy league. Yeah. She went to Ivy Howard league. And Cornell. Yeah. And she taught, I think at Cornell or one, or Stanford one an Ivy league school. And she could only teach so many years because why? She didn't have a PhD, which is like the dumbest thing. Can you imagine having one of these greatest Mm -hmm. art authors of all time, like considered one of the greats ever, and you fire them because they don't have a PhD? It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's just insanity, the things that she had to go through. But yet, even though she had to go through all this thing, she didn't feel the need to like, like put that and have that stain on. She wanted to write about the good experiences, not necessarily all good. And she writes about like, Hundreds of she fills in like gaps in history that are lost because history is written by white people, right? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. so she writes about like I guess like four centuries of basically different black experiences and how that would be at that time. Like, uh, one of the things is a lot of slave stories are told from the men, you think 13 years a slave or something like that, or uh, Amistad. What was that movie? Amistad, like they're always from the male perspective but there was female slaves like what did they go through and she wrote a whole books like almost all of her books are written by about like women as leads and black women and their friendship and what they had to go through and the sacrifice they made like one of the stories is about how this one woman was getting cat they tried to escape they got captured and she killed her own kid like slitted their throat because they didn't want she didn't want her kid had to go into slavery and like, <laughs> fuck, like mm-hmm. she was in some of her books are banned. And like she talks about she's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like my book is that powerful mm-hmm. that they were afraid that I was going to start revolutions. She's like, that's pretty awesome. Like, she's so cool. Like <laughs> my book is that powerful. My words are that powerful. And one of the things that really struck me is. And she talked about her love for reading. She said she used to read every book in the library, like every book. And what she loved most was that someone like was the language itself because people could put words on a page and that created images in your mind through their words. They could tell you how to think and force you to think based on just words that they wrote. And I'm like, wow, that's like literally something I never thought about. What is so cool about like literature is that, (laughs) It's just words on a page that the author puts that can speak to you literally just through these words and they have you
0: see images and thoughts and all these things. Well, it's not that different from thinking about people implanting ideas like the idea could be so radical or against what you believe. But if the person is I mean, that's what Hitler was. Yeah, he was a and he was what a was it? My right? his right. book and it's like
2: how powerful words are i mean even opposed to movies movies show you what the director is seeing right their perspective and they want they wanted you to see and you literally see it but you're seeing what they want you to see through just words on a page and that's just crazy to think about you know so yeah she's just like has so many thoughts and ideas that she shares in this that is just incredible like she is so intelligent and yeah it was really interesting the biggest takeaway i have from the downsides yeah. of why it didn't end up higher it's not that interesting in how it's filmed and it's mostly talking head type thing which you'd see on like history channel and stuff which is fine but at the same time it kind of gets repetitive after a while seeing just you know interview 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 them talking them talking interview inter- it's just like okay it's like a lot. It's kind of boring visually after a while <laughs> to see that, but overall, yeah, just her, how interesting she is and her story is alone is enough to carry this. And that I think really everyone should watch this, and it's very important. And I can't wait to really listen, dive into this uh, audio book because I, you know, I don't read have much time to read anymore but i drive a lot so i can listen to it i'm really interested in seeing yeah hearing her words actually Mm -hmm.
0: cool 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 okay uh re-watched pulp fiction banger five stars nothing to say there (laughs) um one movie i do want to talk about which was the first time watched was stoker uh, from 2013, directed by Park Chan Wook. Um, I believe oh, I was, it was gonna say I've seen.
2: I'm like, why does that sound familiar? Oh, I've seen it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I believe it was his first um English language film. And uh, so yeah, this was I uh, next premium
2: Park Chan Wook,
0: Old Boy, handmaiden, um, two bangers that I absolutely love. So yeah, I bought this. I think um I think I got this for really cheap, and um, so I just blind bought it. Wanted to check it out, and uh, it's a kind of like a a thriller and a mystery or not kind of it is and um they you know kind of play with the narrative and uh the plot and stuff like that and it's super super interesting visually um like the camera is so kinetic it's almost always moving like it never stops moving like even when it's just people at the dinner table talking there's always camera movement going on so it's super interesting visually and he does like a ton of uh, like interesting edits and stuff where it'll go from like one room, like one shot to another, but those shots are connected uh, through like the framing and like what's happening um, with the subject and things like that. It's almost like parasite. Um, kind of, but not really. It's, this is like something I've almost never seen before. So I, I guess I didn't really draw a parasite. Um, connections while watching it. So I don't know how similar I would say they are, but I also need to rewatch Parasite. I have um, it in 4k. I have it as well. Not in 4k, but um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, super, super interesting visually. And um, I think the performances are great too. Mia Kowska is great. And uh, Matthew Good um, is good. No pun intended. <laughs> well, <is he? laughs> uh, Nicole Kidman is always good. Um, it's just the pl- kind of like the plot and the, There's some there's some things that like feel injected that feel like almost stereotypical, which is why, like, I don't want to project onto the director. But it's like it seems like somebody it seems very non-American, like, oh, we should put this in like there's a high school bully. And uh, then, you know, this like this interaction is how it would go. But in reality, it's like that's not how it goes at all. It's just like just a an American stereotype. Well,
1: do you know who wrote this? No. Wentworth Miller
0: the guy from prison break mm-hmm. <laughs> he wrote this yep
1: so i don't know if that that okay. might change yeah, something he, he only wrote two
2: films stoker <laughs> and the disappointment's room
0: interesting okay well yeah it's um
2: if that might be
1: why the american stuff was thrown in cuz it's well i mean it, it takes place in america writer. and stuff
0: like that and um I, it just there's like a lot of like the stuff with surrounding like the high school and just like I guess the relationships and stuff there is just seems pretty bad, and um yeah, there's some like I don't know, just like plot details and how stuff plays out, it's not the best, and um, even like the twist at the end too seems kind of obvious, but they play it still like a twist, I don't know
1: there's a yeah, there's a lot of connections to this so. How was the score? Did you look who did that?
0: No, I I can't even remember the score, but I think I liked it. Clint Mansell. Oh, it was Clint Mansell, yeah. I did know that. (laughs) Yeah, and the cinematographer did Last Night in Soho also. There you go. Makes sense. Uh, Yeah, actually, there's some some things that would be very much parallel to that. Uh, Again, like connecting shots with subjects and framing and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I guess it's more so that goes into the writing and just how things play out that I didn't really care for. Um, There's a lot of good production design too. I thought they were going for like this timeless feel because they are all dressed in like not period era clothes, but like old ish style clothes. The house is very old. Uh, They drive classic cars, but then they go to, but then they ruin it when they go to shots of like high school where everything is like modern. And I don't know if that's some kind of statement they're trying to make or whatever about like her, her childhood or, or how she, cause she's like this, she's so quirky. She's not like other girls, you know, they help play up that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I thought they were going for that. I like the design of all that stuff, but then just against all the modern stuff, it felt weird. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I liked it. Didn't love it. I gave it a three.
1: When I first saw this, I, I've thought it had something to do with like Bram Stoker.
2: No. And yeah, like no. it was going to lean into like vampire stuff. Stoker is their stuff. last name, I believe. But yeah. Well, it's his last name too. This guy.
0: <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Got That's him. Hence the connection part. <laughs> Stoker. Uh,
2: yep. That's it. I haven't seen that in forever. Can't I went through any. a huge uh, Park Chan-wook. So I've seen like most, if not like all of his movies. It was the same time I fell in love with Bong Joon-ho. So...
0: Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, the sad thing is that I've seen his other great movies first. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I Old watching Boy this, and, yeah. I mean, Handmaid again, yeah. it's very um, super, like, visually Handmaid. interesting and stuff. I just don't get, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't put it up there close to his other films, so. Hard to direct in other language. Yeah, pro- I mean, yeah, like, again, even though it's written by an American, like, I'm sure he had a big part in it and how it obviously how it played out. He's a director. So
2: that He's is also what to blame. they do.
0: He's also to blame. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> just because Wentworth Miller wrote it.
2: Yeah. It doesn't ex- like excuse awesome. him from oh, like yeah. the corniness of the American stuff. But maybe it seemed less corny to him because he doesn't have the same context. Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Next. Did you own another one? I think Wentworth Miller's English. Hmm. Sure. No, I don't have any. Oh, I watched the Florida Project. Finally, check that off. That was your first time watch. Yeah, remember you talked about a while ago, and I, I did. Like,
0: but I, when you put it on, I was just like, I don't, I don't think he's seen it. But no,
2: I haven't. And it's amazing, awesome. Oh my! How stoked how are you, you for Red Rocket now? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you take such a boring topic? Mm-hmm. I mean, not topic. I guess I mean just a. Just such an I mean, it is slice, very plotless pretty such much. a slice of life nothingness yeah. and make it so interesting throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Like it it was paced perfectly, like went right on by, and literally like not that much happened. It was such like so and vividly real that it was just almost crazy. It was so well done because of how normal it felt and Everyone was cast perfectly and the the girl, I mean, the kids in general were great, but the Mm. girl, my God, I was, was it even written? (laughs) Like, was her lines written or were they just like put a camera on her and (laughs) let her go? That's what I thought for most of it until the end. And then I'm like, oh, she's acting. (laughs) And which shows how amazing it was because like when she was like crying at the end, oh, (laughs) whoo. that was hard just this is such a going back this is such a better done version and like the evolution how i would say like things like stand by me would become or like those 80s kids movies where you have like kids as like kind of a central role Mm -hmm. and done in a way of all the knowledge and experience has been gained since then and like this is what you get and it's fantastic in so many ways it's directed so well and just the yeah the topics it tackles and the ambiguity of what you feel between because so many times when you hear about like stories of kids being taken away from their parents like you get to see the both sides of this and like the mom yeah she was a mess but she clearly cared about her kid clearly cared about her the other kids she took care of clearly cared and was doing everything she could and was doing it right. Like she was a good parent. But if you just objectively look at it and how you would see it from like a perspective of, you know, child protective service, something like that, she sounds terrible. Like this is an unfit parent to take care of this kid. But really the kid was turning out great with this parent. And then are you fucking up that kid by taking them away from this parent? who clearly is giving them love and everything that they need to move on, even if she's a mess herself and the things that she does seem so bad. And it's just such a gray that at the end you're like, what is the right thing? It's like you're taking this kid away from everything she knew and like a parent who loved her to give her to parents. You always hear about how horrible the system is. Like, is she going to be better off or are you fucking her up? because of this and she would have been fine staying with her mom or I don't know. It's just, it's such a gray topic and such a heavy topic that is done so realistically that this feels like you just took a camera and well, it makes you, that's what
0: to me, this movie does so well is it makes you ask those questions without it at like forcing it down your throat. Yeah. Like it's not putting that really out there. I mean, there is the scene where like, cps comes and stuff but it's like it's not showing you like or asking like oh is she really going to be better than this or whatever it's like it's forcing you to ask that yourself or making you ask that yourself
2: yeah and yeah it's so natural all the things that occur in it and it's just that it's like watching real life and bringing up these questions almost subconsciously to yourself as you're watching it about the different relationships and the different everything involved and yeah, it's just so well executed. It looks great. It sounds great. It, acting is phenomenal from everyone involved. I mean, of course, Defoe is awesome. but He's the friend in this one, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, I mean, even just how real it feels overall with him as a manager and everyone involved, I just love the whole community <laughs> that is
0: built there. <laughs> Every scene with Willem Defoe I love. Is his. awesome, yeah. Yeah. ice cream and they're at the ice cream and then as soon as the drop he's <laughs> like just standing there and then it drops yeah. once and like, yeah. all right. <laughs> he's like I said one time yeah he's like they don't set it up or anything it just cuts right to them like looking <laughs> ice cream you're like what am I watching and then yeah. it drips and then you get it he's like
2: alright oh yep. or when everyone's he's like I just I love this You know, when he's walking he's like I'll fix it I'll fix it like the electricity and then they're like yeah, yeah. Like he's like yeah <laughs> alright alright and then um or when they're hiding and he's just like, what the heck? It, it yeah. just feels like <laughs> such a real community and that these people have all, actually all been living together and doing all this for so long. Or even how the woman, she's like, wants to cut off her rent even though the power's out for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like such, a, it just feels so real. And those Oh, that are, is 100% real. It's but so I, real. Yeah. I mean, I face that in real tale, those kind yep. of shitty <laughs> things all the time. It's like, I, I asked you if you didn't want to pick this up yeah, but I want a refund. I'm like, I, I gave you that choice when you did it. You know, it's just like, it just, those things just happen out of context without trying to like make it seem unnatural. It just is a thing that is happening as a throwaway part of the scene that just makes adds emphasis on how real it feels. And that's, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. It's so, such a simple, small thing, story that is, perfectly executed.
0: Definitely. So five star. <laughs> okay. Um, I won't go into too much detail, I guess. Cause there's not really a lot to say on it. Uh, first off, I'm not considering it a movie cause it says TV series or TV, I don't know, whatever it says. Uh, I watched the, um, the, <laughs> what is the name of it? I forgot. Awesome. The, um, The crime of the century. I watched the crime of the century. Both parts of it. There's it's a it's a TV. I watched the first one. and forget. Okay, First part. Yeah. So it's two part documentary, but both parts are two hours long. So it's roughly four hour documentary. And uh, this is by Alex Gibney. He did the Enron documentary and a bunch of other ones. He's pretty much a huge investigative journalist slash documentarian. But this is about the opioid crisis in America and um, I guess if I was to break it down by parts, I would say the first part is all set up um, and how this became a crisis in America. And it goes all the way back to the beginning of basically farm pharmaceuticals in the country and uh, like Purdue Pharma and how these companies um, started this and started uh, basically how they turned like drugs and medicine into a more of a marketing and business scheme than anything else, like more than it actually them, them giving medicine to help people. It's, it's basically puts it in the light of a business and it is a business at the end of the day, but they, how much do they care in ethics and stuff like that is the question. Cause this crisis is killing literally millions of people and they don't seem to care at all. So That's the setup. And then in the second half is the payoff to that, which Jacob will get to eventually. But I would say just as a documentary, or if you look at it as a film, which again, it says TV miniseries, but if you look at it as a film, it's not as um, like the film language isn't there. Like in some documentaries that we watch, like Painter and the Thief and things like that, it's super informative and like you said, that one documentary—it's a lot of talking heads. It, that's the same way, and they do use like their own animations and uh, like B-roll and stuff of to get you through it without just having to look at people's faces. But that's pretty much what it is. How it
2: started in the first one—I'm like, yeah. oh, is this how it's going to be? I'm like, this feels like a movie. Yeah, but then it left that pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: it doesn't—it doesn't keep that uh, yeah. style for very long. It—it it is super informative, and the thing I like about it is it's—it goes. Into extreme detail, which you want out of a documentary, but the also the problem with that is it's covering such a massive topic that it's really hard to cover all the details in only four hours, which sounds kind of crazy. But like, I watched an eight-hour documentary on one man, O.J. Like that covers like I mean, yeah, you have his whole life to go over, but still, eight hours for one subject, like one person. This crisis spans multiple companies businesses um, 50 years or however long of time like in the world like this is way bigger and four hours seems like it doesn't cover enough of that and it also does you'll see eventually how it jumps around like it goes to uh, insist the company like it focuses on them for a short period of time then it focuses on Purdue focuses like on one couple and like how they were affected by it it just doesn't seem to have like a super clear focus in terms of like the direction and that's kind of where it falls apart, like in terms of a film. But all of those parts separately, I love and I I love I mean, it is they all serve the purpose of saying this is very bad. Like this crisis is very real and this is what w- this is what's happening. This is the cover up that's happening and like literal crimes that are happening that pe- they just keep paying fines for the companies just keep paying fines for. Yeah, that's how it's no slap. prosecution ever like nobody will ever go to jail because they will just take money every time. And it's a drop in the bucket to them. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: I mean, okay. So I watched the first part of mm-hmm. this and
0: I have oh, a yeah, very... Because yeah. I, when I told you, I was like, how much of this does he know?
2: <laughs> so I have a very direct access to... Like <coughs> this speaks to me very directly because I'm literally involved. So being in pharmacy, I learned about all of this because really this problem took... St- took place before i became a pharmacist Mm -hmm. so one of the things that i do want to make a note on was the pseudo addiction i literally learned about that in school
0: oh yeah how it's made up
2: yeah pseudo addiction means false addiction because so you have tolerance dependence and addiction and pseudo addiction tolerance is the natural response to getting used to something over time so you have to keep increasing the dose because in order to get the same effect you had before dependence is you have to take this. Cause as soon as you stop like insulin, you have to be dependent on it. So you right. have to take it, but you're not addicted to insulin. You just need to take it. And then you have addiction where you don't need it and you <coughs> ruin your life, basically trying to seek it out to get it. So maybe you don't have a reason to have opiates, but you just need it. You want them so bad that you're like going to ruin your life for them or, I mean, nicotine's the addiction, too. Like, you'll do go way out of your way. Or to, No matter what, to have money for your cigarettes. or, Yeah, Atopex is a bad one, too.
1: <laughs> for a dream. Turn yeah.
2: So, <coughs> then pseudo-addiction is people do have pain. And sometimes their pain is so bad that they'll come in and be like, please, I need it today. I need it. Like, they look like the people who just, like, want their hit. But they actually do have pain. So, they have a reason for this. But... And that's pseudo addiction, which I thought was interesting that they talked about in it because mm-hmm. we do learn about how that's different from addiction. And then I'm like, oh, shit, like this is like a made up thing that was started with these companies. And I learned about that in school in pharmacy school. So they're saying that's that a real thing. It's fake. Ka- kind of is what they're saying. Well, are okay. they saying it's fake? So or is it's it- not necessarily that's fake. The people do have the pain versus people who are. But some people who are addicted also do have pain so it's like where is that line really it's like impossible to actually draw that line right so but the line is drawn because opiates lobby and they gave a lot to doctors who write the prescriptions so the opiate crisis really started because of like what i was talking about they made it first it's amazing medication for like they were saying surgery Or, you know, quick fixes where you need something to just get you through for a little bit. Some people do have chronic, really bad chronic pain where they have to be on it. Okay. But for everyone else, I have so many people who just stand all day. So they have back pain. And so they're on opiates. Or do this. So they're... Just smoke weed people. I probably give like like opiate, Norco, Percocet, Methadone. These are like some of my major things I give out every day. And... It all started because it was like, oh, these are safe.
0: <laughs> and they're just like,
2: all right, prescribed for everything. they literally pushed Dental them. The way that they it, pushed them was
0: that they said that it's almost impossible to become addicted to. Yeah. Like, that's how they first started selling them was it's an extremely rare condition yes. to them Over
2: addicted. 50% of people who are addicted to using, abusing opiates were originally prescribed it legally. Mm-hmm. Isn't Over it 50%? actually
1: like to become physically addicted to opiates doesn't take a long time though
2: no it doesn't take long at all it's not as addictive as nicotine but no i mean it can happen really quickly yeah <laughs> it's just i mean basically if you're going to take this and they give you a month supply you're i mean even if they give you a week supply you take that you're going to be like oh i kind of want more of that you know but you're out so it's like okay and then eventually you just get off of it you yeah, like get a tooth pole or something yeah but like it feels good you know that's how it starts but then the people got it for a month a month i've a never month, been on it in a month i had vicodin back for I think a dental it took procedure. It one time, and honestly it didn't do anything for me but anyway yeah I, I have tons of people on it, and you should the people i can you know be 100% sure will call me every month, two days, because that's the time we can fill it, two days before they actually need it. I better have it filled that day. Mm-hmm. Even though they have stuff left, they, they know they can get filled that day, and they will. That is one medication I never have to put back <laughs> after two weeks for being up. It will be picked up. And I've had people pay go, insane prices for it. Yeah, And, it's like, and that was started medically. So people shit on all these people who are heroin and doing all these things. That was our fault as a medical community that this is a problem. Not they were, didn't like just start out being heroin addicts. Add- it, add addicts. <laughs> addicts. whatever same thing. That's British addicts. Yeah. It's literally just because they were originally on it for some kind of pain. And then the doctor's like, oh, this is bad. Like one of the big things Trump did was they made it so you could, it's not as easy to do that. And it's like, oh, that's a good thing. That sounds great. And then a bunch of people just cut them off of their opiates because the doctors are like, oh, fuck, I might get in trouble for prescribing so many opiates. So I'm going to stop it now. But those no. people were addicted to it now. So what's where that, do they go? What's that thing that you? Heroin.
1: Heroin. What's the what's the thing to get it off though? That like it's like those. It's like a. Um,
2: methadone, suboxone. Suboxone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's those. But then you're addicted. To, you have to use that. Then people end up on that for the yeah. rest of their life too. It never, like doctors never wean people. Is it off. like a sheet or something? Yeah. It's like well, cut. there's films or tablets. Yeah. But literally. Like, they just cut all these people off, and now there's even more people who are addicted to these heroin and stuff. And why is fentanyl such a big problem? Because we just made an even bigger problem by just making doctors yeah. just cut them off of it. It's like, it sounds like they a get good fentanyl thing. fentanyl a lot in part two. Yeah. It sounds like a good thing, but was it? Wasn't <laughs> these people, it's not their fault they're addicted to it. It's the doctor's fault, the pharmacist's fault. For so what would be giving the, them the proper procedural we fucked up switching them slowly weaning them off switching to well. tylenol and their
0: answer is ne- yeah their answer is never to wean them off because it's again that goes against business like that loses them money their answer to everything is to increase dosage because that's, that's what they, they want too, and they push I know, but what's it what's like they're like the, salesmen
1: i'm saying like what's the yeah it the would better, be the best because
2: honestly they've done studies for pain tylenol and motrin it works better than opiates but opiate was never to good. stop the pain. It's just you man feel high and good. Who And pain is a lot of it's effect by your emotional state. If you feel good, pain doesn't hurt as much. So that's the thing. But what actually helps with pain, like of most of the opiates you get, Percocet, Norco are the most common. And those are mixed with Tylenol. Yep. That's what's helping with the pain. Yeah. Not the opiate. The opiate just makes you high, that you don't care about the pain. So the best thing would be to wean them off of the opiate and just, just start giving Tylenol. Yeah. Switch to Tylenol because that's what's actually helping with the pain.
0: Well, there's that story. I don't know how much they. Get it. I can't remember if it's part one or part two. But the lady <clears throat> is on opioids. Uh, the husband like would like find her like in random places, pass yeah. out. They switch her off to. Uh, tylenol or whatever and she's doing really good and like pain is managed and everything and when she goes back to the doctor or whatever he wants to put her back on opioids because it makes him more money and they end up doing that yeah even though Tylenol was kid. doing fine see Tylenol <laughs> will do m-
2: enough for most people like for pain it is it actually deals with the pain part by inhibiting like yeah I never
1: understood like why you get your teeth pulled and they give you more 800 and Vicodin because they like get money you get high, but think about it. You <laughs> it's don't a need lot. both, it's right? It's
2: less now. It is less now, but but you don't need both. I, no, you need Motrin 800. It's just mostly the opiate's there to help you sleep because, like, the pain can keep you up even a little bit. of Pain where the opiate, if you're, it helps. It makes you drowsy. It helps you sleep and makes you feel good. So it's easier to sleep. The Motrin will get you through the day. Then, like, like I said, it all comes back on eating edible. Manage yeah. your pain, help you sleep. Yeah. Honestly, Boom. and it's way less addictive. And that, that's the thing. With Tylenol, there's a threshold. Four grams. Three grams is what the normal person would take. Four grams is the max. Medically, you can take in a day and be safe. Motrin, 2.4 grams most in a day. What's the threshold for opiates? There is no ceiling. They get tolerant to a certain one, you increase. They get tolerant to that, you increase. You get tolerant to that, they increase. They inc- There's literally... No point where you can, where they hit something where you cannot. You have to stop, and you don't have to increase dose. You can always increase the dose,
0: which they talk about. That's what their goal is. Their goal is to always give you more. You can more. always oh, increase yeah. the dose. There was one opioids. guy that was on. He had like back surgery. Or whatever he said, he was on like over thirty pills at a time every twelve hours. Yeah, said it took him over fifteen minutes just to take his pills. Like
2: one of the things we learned, like I learned in school, mm. was it's unrealistic that people with chronic pain will ever get to zero pain. You're not aiming for zero.
1: It's chronic. You're not,
2: you're always going to be in pain and you're not aiming for zero. But what people were doing opiates is giving them such high doses that they were at zero pain because they don't care. That is such a wrong goal. It's like what you're supposed to ask them is where's your pain level at? Okay. And what level could you be at and be comfortable enough to get through your day? And that's your goal. It's not. It's to control your pain level to a level that you can get through your day and be able to do what you need to do without affecting your quality of life. It's never to get to zero. And what they were doing at this time was just trying to get everyone to no pain. But pain on its own isn't necessarily a bad thing. And they talk about this. They talk about the, how the old thinking was like, no pain, no gain. And now it's like trying to get to no pain, Yeah, but pain isn't necessarily <laughs> bad. I mean, we, we talked about this, the difference between rice versus meat. It's like meat is painful. Like it's movement, uh, movement, exercise, analgesics, therapy. So that's like a little bit of pain is good. It signals to your body to heal that area. If you're always constantly searching for no pain, you're not allowing yourself to gain, right? To get better, to be able to c- over that pain, because you're always just masking it. And I mean, that's the entire weightlifting community. Yeah, you can't I mean, get bigger a lot, why pain? do you think most people don't work out, right? Because
0: <laughs> it sucks. They can never <laughs> it su- get. It literally sucks. Like, and what's the worst? The first it.
2: like month of working out is hell, right? It, mm. You're so sore. Like, you do leg day the first time. By the next week, leg day, yeah. you're still sore from that last leg day. You're oh, like, yeah. this fucking sucks. I don't want to work out anymore. And people never get past that because they're always aiming for no pain. But literally, when you're working out, you're always in some kind of pain, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I've, I'm always sore somewhere from my climbing or something. It's like, that's not a bad thing. I'm, o- I'm always sore. Like, I'm never down to zero pain. But like that's a goal for so many people. It's like, goal, zero. I want zero pain. That's unrealistic, and it's you need impossible. to you need to s- discuss that. Like that's what we, they should have been discussing at time. What's a realistic level for your pain that would get you through your day? Let's aim for that.
1: So here is a question: With now, obviously, with the opioids being a little bit harder to get or whatever, is it is it going to be some uh, scenario where it's going to be hard, very bad at the beginning, but then end up being worth it? Like, because you're saying, like, if it's harder to get, they're going to switch to heroin or whatever. Heroin is, you know, easy to find for the most part, but it's still not as easy as going to your doctor and saying, hey, let me get a pill. And they just keep giving them to you.
2: It is hard now, yeah. So, are we, yeah.
1: So, is that a direction? Are we, is that a good step forward? Is it going to be something that you're going to, you know, like, like cut off your arm to save the body type thing?
2: So basically over time, yeah, maybe there will be less new people being right. reduced to it. But you're basically saying, fuck you to everybody who is on it currently. And yeah, once they all just die from hair, from fentanyl overdose or something. Yeah. But is that good? <laughs> I no, don't that's know. That's what I'm saying.
1: Is it cutting out the arm to save the body?
2: Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like a yeah Pyrrhic victory. It's like, isn't it really a victory? Because you're just like... Right.
0: You're condemning. Well, you'd this. have to stop. Probably the best thing to do would be stop new prescriptions or to uh, eat yeah, those he's off. A lot You're going to help with <laughs> yeah.
2: the new ones. But what are we doing for the people who are addicted? Like one of the things they did in some states is they allow them, they give them these areas where they like these buildings where there's nurses and stuff in there. And they're allowed to use the drugs there. They can literally go in and shoot up. They give them clean needles and they're there, they're not going to turn the net in. They not going to do anything. They give a place to safely do the drug and they make sure they don't die. Why is that helpful? Because you're now surrounded by medical professionals who can help you get off of it because mm-hmm. that's why they're there. They're like, okay, is there anything I can do? To like help you get off of this? Are you interested in getting off of this? Oh, the like on a scale of one to two. 10, how, what would you say you're at in wanting to quit doing this? and maybe they can actually help those people in right now the thought for a lot of people is like oh fuck them they chose to do drugs so therefore they should just die but it's like no most of no. them didn't well, choose
0: that, that, and that goes back to what every ceo or every pharmaceutical ceo says it's not the drug it's the user yeah they say that <laughs> 10 20 times in this documentary yeah and it's not it's, not the it's drug, like it's user mo- again
2: most people who are addicted to opiates today we're originally legally yeah. prescribed it. Yep. So it's our job to help those people. Yeah. Not condemn them for being addicted to a drug that wasn't their choice to be addicted to originally. Yeah, I I had this conversation with a buddy of ours, uh, Jake, in,
1: in college, and how Amsterdam basically is legalized all drugs. Um, and they have like heroin bars. And it's like, like you look at it and people are like, oh, why would you want to like, why would you want to um, condone or condone or like support. allow that to, yeah. and it's like, who's that going to affect? Does that affect you or me at all?
2: And it keeps the dirty nails out the street. That's it what I'm saying. It the diseases. But it doesn't, it's it, not going to
1: affect Kyle. It's not going to affect me or you. It's not going to affect our parents. It's not going to affect, because we're not addicted to heroin. It doesn't affect us. So why, why worry about these people that are trying to get better, or at least have a place to do it cleanly and safely. They have medical professionals. They have therapists on site. that are like, "Hey, if you think about going here, there's somebody you can talk to." You know, you know, helping them out. But it's like, if you don't even have that option, then it's going to be dirty needles and yeah. And they're going to do it, and they're and they're going to the do it, and their and their kids are going to walk in, and they're going to find their parents yeah. dead on is the floor. Is that
2: like, is that better?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: dumb. Yeah. uh just to wrap it up, uh, everybody should watch it. Uh, it's a, th- a subject I didn't know that much about, and yeah, very informative. So check it out. Okay, um, I'm that's I'm done. I'm gonna wrap it up there. You have anything else that you need to?
1: So you can watch SpongeBob?
0: I really watched the SpongeBob movie. Five out of five, easy. It's good. Uh, it's it's great. It is exactly what it should be. Cool, cool. Um, all right, that brings us to a close. Um, up in the air for next week, um, probably won't be able to record over the weekend, so we'll see if we can squeeze in maybe a remote recording or something because um, we do have a couple movies to see and catch up on. Uh, but two new releases is House of Gucci and Encanto. So I think mm-hmm. we'll try to do those for the show. And then um, anything else, we'll just be juicing. So, does that sound good to you guys? Yeesh. Word cool uh that'll be next week episode 89 uh if you want to send us a question or comment you can email us at podcast at gmail.com uh, you can follow us on instagram at podcast. i'm on letterboxd and untapped at the kg project i'm on both of those as jsal 517 that's j-s-a-l 517 and i'm on
2: both platforms at josh underscore saldana all
0: right thanks for listening cheers guys